Slam, the weekly podcast where we discuss all things related to creating, living, and making projects. I'm the host, Grant Alexander, and joining me as always is Jesse Ratfink and Adam Mackey. And today, we wanted to talk about something that I've been thinking about for a long time, and it's this, what I like to refer to as the maker spectrum. And it, it might exist, it might not even exist, but I thought I wanted to have a discussion about it um, because I've had a, a lot of different conversations with people and uh the latest one was with uh mad maiden in ma or or lucas uh and we were talking about like there's a spectrum of of makers that go from like one end is like blacksmithing and the other end is like programming computers to do things like arduinos or or raspberry pies i feel like there's a there's there's something there that because a lot of people I know that that do the programming of Arduinos don't make it into the blacksmithing. They might do a lot of the things along the way, but blacksmithing seems to be the part where they stop. Uh, like Rich uh, Lowen, who's the the maker artist here in Ottawa, that uh, that you, if you listen to this program, you've heard me shout out a bunch of times on the the thank you Patreon uh, part. But he has literally every single tool I have ever seen except a forge or an anvil or a, like he has a plasma table. He's got a CNC. He's got a mill. He's got a lathe. He's got the wood lathe. He's got a metal lathe. He's got a 3d printer farm. He's programming computers and stuff, but he doesn't have like, it just gets down to this. Like he doesn't have a blacksmith, and he has no desire to do it. And, uh, or at least that when I, when I chatted with him about it, he had no desire. And I was just one that's interesting to me and I can get it because I don't have much of a desire to program a bunch of Arduinos. And I feel like that's about where my, my thing stops is, is programming Arduinos. I don't know why, but I thought there might be a spectrum. There it might be something worth talking about. And now I will throw it over to the other two people on this podcast who could maybe speak for a bit. So for me, I think it really all depends on where you start and what you're mm. around growing up because, yeah, blacksmithing is not something that I would ever do because I was around people who fabricated things in other ways. Mm. You know, it wasn't, I'm going to forge a knife. It was more like I will cut a knife out of a saw blade and like sharpen it, you know, or other sort of fabrication techniques. I guess I, I don't know. Cause I do know a lot of people with a wide range of making, but they all tend to stick to one thing. And I really think it's like what you sort of grew up with, what you enjoy the most, what you like always come back to. And so a lot of people don't really venture out into the crazy corners of making because it's expensive and it's time consuming and it's a whole new thing to learn. So yeah, I think if you're not around it, it's kind of hard to get yourself into it. You said the crazy corners of making. Mm -hmm. What are they in your opinion? In my opinion? Um, I mean, I would say probably forging is one because right. that's such a particular school, like skill set. Um, Probably the epoxy people, <laughs> people who put everything in epoxy resin. Uh, definitely the like more tech heavy microcontrollers, 3D printing, fabrication people. And then the 
kind of wild artsy people that do everything from like ceramics to painting to mixed media or, you know, whatever. I think there's kind of, yeah, a few major groups off to the ends that a lot of us don't really go into. So do you think it's more of like a, so I always imagined it as like a a, a spectrum, a line, and you kind of fell within that line, but you're talking about it more being like a, like even a Venn diagram or a, I don't even know if that's right or if it's more of a. <laughs> a web of making. I don't know. Yeah. A web of making. I know a few like woodworkers who wood is the only thing they'll work with, but not many. Right. And it's the same. Like I know a few 3D printers and all they do is 3D printing. Mm-hmm. But most people I know with the 3D printer, it's like a, a complement to all their other making. I don't know about that. I, I still I still feel like it's more of a an of anal jack of all trades or an anal jack of one trade. Like I personally just like making. I don't care what it's with. I, I would get into metalwork if I could be bothered if I could afford it. I you know, Grant bought a um whatchamacallit not long ago. Forge, Forge. not long ago. Because like that. me, he likes to just <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. He got one because you like to just make things. Whereas mm-hmm. I, th- I feel like there are people, there's definitely people out there that only do 3D printing. But in saying that, their 3D printing would expand into like 3D modeling, 3D scanning, 3D, you know, that sort of world. Right. And then you've got metal workers, woodworkers. How many people do you know that do 3D printing and blacksmithing as their two things? <laughs> I don't know. I can't think of anyone. <laughs> to be honest, well, you you've seen people blacksmith online, right? Yeah, but but, I, but I'm I am sure there's people out there that would do both. Not not, but only do both. There's a big difference. Like I obviously I have a 3D printer and I have a forge, so I do both. They, well, there you I go. don't think I do with them, but I don't do only that. The people no, I know who, that. who are 3D printing nerds are not also blacksmithing nerds. Okay, but those people that are 3D printing nerds are also not woodworking nerds. But what I'm trying to say, because (laughs) yes, they do both, but they probably expand into other things as well. That's what I'm trying to get to. Right. I agree. I think there's more likely a chance that if you 3D print, that you would might also woodwork. Because you could take your 3D prints and then go, well, if I programmed a CNC... I could do some CNC woodworking, right? And it's more likely, well, then I can get into woodwork. Like, I can see there's a there's the gap between that. But if I can program my, my 3D printer to do something, I, see, I don't see it translate. I don't see those skills translating into blacksmithing. And I think that's why it's on the spectrum. I feel like there's two things. is Metalworking is a lot more expensive to get into than woodworking. Okay. You can... You could say that about CNC. Well, you could say the same thing about a plasma CNC, but a plasma CNC is a lot more expensive and a, a lot more to it than a hobby woodworking CNC or router CNC. I wouldn't. I would disagree on metalworking is more expensive because a forge, a simple like Mister Volcano or like the Vivor Forge that I got, and an anvil from Harbor Freight or an equivalent cheap run of the mill anvil off Amazon, and you could be forging. With that and a hammer for like $300. Good luck getting into True. woodworking for $300. And 
That's fair. Depends <laughs> on what you consider as woodworking because woodworking could be going to get a pallet, a drill, and a pry bar to pull the pallet apart and you could be screwing things together. That could be considered woodworking. It, it depends on what extent you want to go to it. Like you're not going to find um, uh, Wood by Wright, for instance. He probably doesn't have a 3D printer who's extremely into like hand woodworking without power right. tools. Right. And this is where I think there's a spectrum. But I think maybe spe- it's not a spectrum. It's like a, it's like a bubbly or like – you know, there's like those, there's like a diagram that has like, uh, like a cross in the middle, and like you plot points, and like one top is like good, and bottom is bad, and across, yeah. it's like it's got bottoms and across and up and down. I think that's what it is. Whatever the, you know what? I gotta go Google it. You guys keep talking for a bit. Why Google? <laughs> well, what the hell? Well, that I is. feel. I feel like the thing is that you're, you you're you're saying people that three D print and forging which to me would be more like 3d printing and sculpting logs or something like you can't compare forging to woodworking because forging is not the same as woodworking woodworking would be the same as metalworking like welding bits of wood to bits of metal together to to make a bed frame for instance forging to me is up from that mm-hmm. like you're you're like woodworking isn't the same as forging woodworking is like the the beginner part and then the sculpting or something. I don't know. I don't know what you would consider the same as forging in the middle in the woodwork. So this is where, I, like, I, blacksmithing or forging is one thing you can do. And then you like look at Chris from Full Steam Designs and like the the like metal shaping he does without heating the metal up, just using like English wheel, like he did for the clamp challenge. He made it a little English wheel out of a big C clamp. And he made that like Sosa power hammer that uh, I think stretches or shrinks the metal. I don't know exactly. I don't understand how any of that works. Uh, but that is a whole that I get is like a little bit. But you know what? You can do it with just a hammer, a hammer and a sandbag, and you can can. I and I mean, but but again, as, as I'm saying, I feel like forging is not it's not an entry level thing to me. Like, I mean, See, it could be. A lot of people are entry-level knife makers. And from that, they buy a little Mr. Volcano and make a, or make their own little forge and start forging, making, popping out EDC night knives. Well, I've, right? I've the considered- same way that people pop out cutting boards or, or other simple woodworking projects. Well, I've considered getting like a linisher and just buy a piece of metal. Like you could just buy a steel bar, like a flat bar. And yeah. shape it into a sword. Yes. But to me, that's not the same as getting into forging. That's not like I'm not I'm just shaping a piece of metal the same as I would shape a piece of wood. Right. That like that to me I don't know. I just That's I just why it's on like, the spectrum. That's yeah, what of I'm course. saying. But but this is what I'm trying to say is that I feel like you're you're saying that 3D modeling has like and you're talking about 3D modeling and forging, and then you're talking about woodworking. But I feel like woodworking is not the same on the same level as forging. Forging is more of a specialty to me, as would be like power carving or something, like people that make massive sculptures and stuff. Whereas I, th- I feel like someone who's into metalworking, like I said, making bed frames and that sort of stuff, would probably get into the three D printing. They're not on that that forging sort of specialty level. They're more just right. like. Well, so this is where this is why I wonder: is it 
is it a, a spectrum or not? And I know this is like, I keep saying it, but I feel like there's something that, that it's along a line and you're more likely to do something related to the two things, the closer they are. Right. And I think blacksmithing's at one end of it. And like you said, it's a specialist thing. I think woodworking's like right in the middle. A lot of people will woodwork to a lot of the other things. Right. But I don't see a lot of people who like program Arduinos and blacksmith. And that's the two things they like to do. I see people who do it all. So don't like say it, you can't do it all. You can. You can do the whole spectrum. But I wonder, is it is it more likely or not that you will fit on one side or the other side? And this is where I think like Maker Camp and Maker Fair are good examples of uh, uh, to try and illustrate what I'm trying to say. Maker Camp is much more like, yeah, there's woodworking, there's forging is a big part of it. There's welding, there's uh, we did leatherworking, right? There's a lot of different things at Maker Camp. And a lot of hands-on and, and, and interesting stuff. And I know Maker Fair, uh, Jesse chime in when I've made a fool of myself, but I feel like Maker Fair is like robotics and uh, like props, maybe like, like big. I, I see like yeah, big cosplay stuff, proppy things. Yeah, and like cosplay is another thing. It's it's on like this spectrum of like I feel it's way closer to the electronic side than the blacksmithing side. So maybe what you're seeing is more of a traditional skills versus the super nerds who do making. Because, mm. I mean, that is definitely the two sides of it, you know, because Maker Fair is a little bit of everything, you know, but it's, it's all pretty nerdy like in a very good way, whether it is the crafts there. Like I have some doctor who earrings, like TARDIS earrings I got at Maker Fair or, you know, the robotics or the giant sort of machines. They've got all of the sort of, uh, I don't know if you would call them vehicles, but there's a lot of stuff that people ride on at Maker Fair, Mm -hmm. but it's all very particular. And I think it's, yeah, it's just, it's much nerdier than Maker Camp. I don't know. That's just where I keep thinking. Like there's two groups. There's like traditional skills and then the internet people. <laughs> That's a really interesting way of putting it out there is like, and, and I can see the divide now. It's like things that a hundred years ago you would have been able to do and things that a hundred years ago you wouldn't have been able to do. Mm-hmm. And that's the divide. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. New technology, new ways of making that sort of thing. Right. When And I look at blacksmithing and I know there has been advances in technology and blah, 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 blah. Like, I don't, I don't want to say there's been nothing done. And, but a lot of blacksmithing has been the same way for a long time mm-hmm. and you can make good quality stuff still. And, and yeah, that's great, but you can't make, uh, you know, you can't blacksmith a computer and I'm sure someone will come and like, tell me, yeah, you can, but. I don't know. Sell <laughs> sell that to um, Nerdforge. I'm sure she'd find a way to. <laughs> yeah. So okay. Actually, in saying that, you should do that, and you'll have a viral video. Yeah. Blacksmith the computer. Um, well, I thought my lightning strikes an anvil would be a viral video, and it wasn't. Uh, it was an excellent well, dad um, joke. <laughs> but it was just a bad chat. Yeah, I know what. 
I, that's what viral videos are, right? A lot of flattening times. your voice. Was it the voice you flattened? Anvil. Was it? Anvil. Yeah, flattening your anvil. Okay, so I think now we've got a better idea. And I think this is where that four Cartesian coordinate system works out of like, is it a, a new skill in the last 50 years or like how, how recent has this skill been? Or this is what it is. How recent has this skill been around is one of the, the coordinates. So like the older and newer, it's like blacksmith things way down in the corner. And then I think it's like how, like how dirty you need to get to do it. <laughs> I think is like the other axis because I feel like there's like woodworking. You're getting a little dirty, right? There's sawdust and stuff. Uh, painting. You're also getting a little dirty, right? And it's been around a long time, but I feel like, Oh, I don't know. So maybe that's not what it is. I feel like there's Locksmith something here. And, right. What's that? Blacksmithing. You're getting a lot dirty. Oh, really? I don't really get dirty. Blacksmithing. I, I don't know. Every time like. I see someone that's blacksmith, they're just covered in black. Yeah, <laughs> that probably makes why they're blacksmiths. I don't do it enough to get dirty. That's probably my problem. But, uh, yeah, so I think, yeah, metalworking, you're going to get dirty. Woodworking, you're going to get dusty. Not dirty, dusty. It's, like, easier to clean off. So you're, like, on this, like, scale. Uh, and, like, computer stuff... You're basically not going to get dirty, and it's a new technology. So you're at the like the top right hand corner of this diagram, and blacksmithing is like old technology. You get apparently really dirty. You're at the bottom left hand corner. I also though I wonder if it's more having to do with the shops that people are able to have where they live. Because I notice, like, definitely on Instructables, the folks who are building the craziest things have, like, a warehouse-sized shop in a lot of cases. And then the people who are doing a lot of 3D printing, a lot of tech, they have, like, a desk in their apartment, Mm -hmm. you know, that they're working on. So I think that might also play part of it, too. I don't know. It's really hard to, like, think what the differences are. But you, I see some people who have like a shed or a porch and are doing like I've seen, I know one guy like I remember following and I don't, I don't see him post anymore, but a guy who like did major woodworking on his balcony in Vancouver, like full on hundred like all the woodworking tools, and he'd have to pull one out and pull it back in and like yeah, crazy stuff that people will do. Because they're so into it. So, but mm-hmm. I do think that 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 might put you where you fall on the spectrum or limit your ability, but yeah. it never stops someone who wants to do it. Because the other thing is mm-hmm. like people join maker spaces and, and stuff like that when they don't have, when all they have is a desk, they'll join a makerspace. It's a, a lot of commitment of time if you're going to be working like that too. Like we've talked about this before oh where if I had to pull out, each individual tool every time. I was just going to do it. And, and that's then a commitment thing. I hung all my big tools on a wall. So every time I want to use one, I, and then I just don't. Right. This is, so I hate my miter. Like I hate miter saws in general, and I really want to get rid of mine, 
because but then I go with those time like I use a lot for making like a rough cut, just a quick rough cut. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm like I could do that with my my circular saw, but then you go it never has the battery in it, so that's like a like you know, and then it's like oh I wanted it to be like ten degrees. Well, that's not really easy on my thing, right? Like. I know you'll say just get a radio arm saw, but they're expensive. I wish you could buy a miter saw that's just straight and doesn't go into a miter. Because that's the biggest thing I hate about it is trying to get that perfect 90 is such a pain in the ass. And if oh, you, you move just gotta it buy, once. Just hold on. Just just don't buy, buy a Ryobi yeah. bullshit garbage tools and then you won't have this problem anymore. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. So I think we've realized it's not a spectrum. Per se, it might be a spectrum, but it's more likely some sort of Cartesian coordinates. And then, like, you have a bubble where you fill, you know, what you fill on this thing. And I, I think it would be really cool if we could get our audience together to kind of talk about this and maybe develop this Cartesian plotting of makers and figure out whether or not I think old and new is definitely the the criteria for one of the axes. I don't know if dirty is the right criteria for the yeah. other. Yeah. Well, and I I just keep visualizing things as a Venn diagram like you said earlier because thinking about me, so a lot of my early making was sewing, which then right. I also started doing hand embroidery. And mm-hmm. I also started doing like hand illustrations. And then I did like wood burning, which is a little bit similar to illustrating, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just, <laughs> it's very hard but to But you visualize. also did like, you made a book table. Yeah, that's true. See, and there, that's the thing that's kind of like random, it's but I love books. So it's sort of a passion. It falls on like, I guess, the nerdier side that made me want to learn how to do that. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah. So when I think about this, I often think about, I really, really didn't want to get into 3D modeling when I first started woodworking. Uh, and that was woodworking. It was like the thing that like, I, I started in my more recent makering and, and it was because I didn't want to sit in front of the computer and yet I was filming everything. So I was already sitting in front of the computer for editing, but I actually enjoy like 3d modeling when the mood strikes, I really enjoy mm-hmm. it. But I also like when the mood strikes, enjoy blacksmithing. But I think I could like, I think the big thing for me is I, I think I just want to do whatever my the mood strikes is and whatever the mood strikes is whatever tool I don't currently own. <laughs> Same. Yeah. I, I have, that I have a question for you and I feel like this will hit a lot of our audience. Okay. You're sitting in a park having a picnic with your family. You're surrounded by leaves on the ground. Are you picking up the leaves and pulling them apart? Yes. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yes. Because because you just like to keep your hands busy. And that's what I do. That's that is exactly why I make. It's not because like I got into woodworking because to me it was an easy sort of way to get into it. Whereas like I said, forging I think is like a is a lot bigger of a thing. Whereas a and I also grew up through school doing woodworking. But I just like to do things that keep my hand busy. Hands busy. I've gotten into drawing lately because it keeps my hands busy. 
I'm constantly fidgeting with everything. Mm-hmm. Right. You tried making paracord bracelets. Yeah, to keep my hands like, busy. Right. I did the same thing. I made a bunch of them. I gave a couple away and that was the end of that. And I went like, I remember yeah. making friendship. Like I th- said on the last episode, I made from friendship bracelets. It was just a way to like make things that was like, I can do this, but it became like a problem of it. It stopped like my hands were busy, but they stopped being like rewarding. I don't know why pulling mm-hmm. apart leaves is still rewarding. Probably because I don't do it often enough. But like, if I were to like become like a leaf puller aparter, I would stop doing it when I was there with my family, right? Like, yeah. if that became like a thing I could do on the Instagram, I would be like, oh well, now I don't want to do this when I'm out with my family. Instead, I'd be pulling grass. Okay, thinking. If we're thinking about it as a spectrum. Where does it start and where does it end? Because I I was trying to think about this last night and it's like, are we going from easiest skills to the most complex skills or are... No. Yeah, I just don't... (laughs) I have a hard time like figuring out where everything sits. And this is where why I think like this old tech versus new tech totally brings in something that makes it so that you can start plotting some stuff Mm -hmm. right but there's like like woodworking is old tech but woodworking with a cnc brings it into new tech right like is that it's definitely woodworking but is it like is there some is there like something there that if you if you work with traditional tools are you more likely or less likely to get into blacksmithing? Probably more right? like likely. I know a, right. Like I know a lot of people are like hand tools and then they like slip into blacksmithing because they really enjoyed working with the hand tools with wood. And they went like, well, what else can I do? Because woodworking has, you know, I want to make, you know, I want to do something that like is also with my hands, but involves metal because metal, adding metal and wood together is something humans for some reason, keep doing despite them lasting a much different amount of time. It looks so good though. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah. Until the rust takes over in the wood rots. Ah, patina. It's fine. Yeah. So yeah, then, but there's also people who I think can go the other way. Like they get working with traditional tools and then they figure out like, Oh, a CNC can add a lot to it. And then they slip into that way. And then they go, well, if I had a 3D printer, I could do this. And that would, you know, I could make a bunch of really simple jigs that are super precise. And, or if I had a laser cutter, I could, you know, make a bunch of marketry, uh, you know, or something like, I don't know. It's, I feel like that's why I feel like it's on a spectrum and you can do all of them. But I feel like I don't, I, I'd like one of our audience members to, to tell us like, oh, I, I program Arduinos all day long and then blacksmith at night because those are my two passions. I want someone to tell me that. I don't think it's going to happen. No, I I feel – see, this is the thing, right? The content creator side of the maker community is probably like 5 to 10% of makers in the world. So, like, there's so many people that you don't see what they're doing behind closed doors of, you know, I – 
what, 7 billion people in the world, there's got to be someone out there that's doing Arduinos and forging. Right. The other thing is, if you were doing that and trying to create content, YouTube and all the other places, all the algorithms would be shitting bricks on trying to figure out where to send you. Like, that's the problem mm-hmm. with my channel. It's like, I'll do blacksmithing that one day, 3D printing the next, woodworking the next day, and YouTube's like, I don't know where to send, like, who to send you to, because one day these people love it, and the next day they hate everything you're doing. And I'm like, right. And that's why it sucks sometimes. That's why I have, like, you know, even, like, Instagram reels that, like, my woodworking and DIY reels, 100,000 views, I'm like, oh, let me make something out of metal that's pretty cool. 300 views. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> and then, like, out of nowhere, it's like a blacksmithing thing is like 2 million views. And you're like, I thought I was going down the woodworking DOI, but I just didn't. I just needed a video today. I don't know. It's just, it's weird. So, all that to say, you might actually know people who do both and only post one. Mm-hmm. Like I remember at Maker Camp, I was chatting with Johnny Builds, and he was talking about how he wants to get into knife making and not post it at all. Right? And I went, "Yeah, it makes sense. You want to do like that's your hobby, not like your hobby became was- a job. Now my ho- now I need to find a new hobby, and yeah. uh, and he's enjoying knife making, and but he doesn't want to turn it into another job. That is exactly what I was about to say, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago of turning your hobby into a job is exactly that. He's trying to now find something to that he can have to himself because mm-hmm. once right. you once you get into content creation, you're then sharing with everyone. You don't have anything for yourself. That's why like I'm not sharing my drawing and stuff. I'm not sharing certain I've things seen that it. I'm doing. You have. I share with my friends. Yeah. I know. You know who are our friends? Our Patreon, Patreon supporters. Yeah, there you go. Uh, thanks, thanks, guys. I never really know if you're looking for an answer there or just yeah, your little segue. I know. <laughs> I, I want you guys to answer to make the segue. I'll answer you every week then. All right. Uh, our, our friends are the people who support us over on Patreon, especially the F Clamp level. Brent Jarvis from Clean Cut Woodworking, Vincent Ferrari from Digitally Creative, Scott from Dad It Yourself DIY, Joe Herdina, Lawrence from Maritime Knife Supply, Rich from Low and Design, and David Wood from DW Wood Builds, and everyone else who supports us over there. Uh, you all get access to the pre-show, after-show, and you can get a keychain made by me. Uh, you can find that at patreon.com slash clamp. Now, one thing I wanted to mention this week is that Zencaster, the place that we use to uh, record our episodes, is going to start charging us. Now, we currently have enough support from our, our lovely patrons that uh, it won't change anything. We will still be able to make the show. But it's something that I wanted to mention that without you guys, we could not make this show. It would not be possible. We wouldn't be able to do it. There is a cost associated with this. We have a website. We have, uh, you know, the hosting fees. We have the now we're going to have the recording fees. Uh, all that stuff comes together. Microphones that people keep buying new microphones and, and cameras. Uh, all that stuff comes together. And and because of you guys, we can make this show. So I want to say a, a big thank you to all of you. Um, and anyone else who wants to to join in, you can join in for as little as a dollar a show. Clamp mandations. All right. Well, my clamp mandation 
my clip mendation this week, as Grant really opens his beer, is a, another video game <sighs> called Contraband Police. I am, I'm honestly obsessed with this game. It's such a sort of simple game, but it's so fun. So essentially you're working a border in, I, I don't know what country it's meant to be, Russia or something. And as the people drive up, you have to search their cars for drugs and check their passports. But you can't check, you can't search their car unless their passport doesn't match up. There's certain things you've got to check. And then there's gangs that come keep trying to raid the border because you don't let their oh. drugs in. And yeah, it's it's really fun. Really suggest. Sounds fun. Yeah. Sounds intense. Well, <laughs> I thought he said it was at a border patrol place, not a tent. Is it a camping? Well, you start game? off in a caravan. So not <laughs> a tent, but a caravan. And then you, you upgrade, you start in a lodge, you upgrade to a lodge and so there's a possibility that you could downgrade to a tent and then you'd be in tents. No. Well, so it, the whole point of the game is he's, you're in charge he's not of- not get <laughs> No, I, I get it. The whole point of the game is that you're in charge of the border of like keeping it afloat. So like you earn money for, for every, like you earn money when you do a perfect search and all that sort of stuff. And then you can go into negative, which then you lose the game. After that intense game. I'm going to I'm going to actually have two. So the reason I'm going to have two is because Jesse made these wonderful looking uh clementation posts uh on our, on our Instagram and I just have to fuck with that by having two. Yep. Um now I got to put four first, circles on it. Yeah. The first thing I'm going to recommend is everyone go check out Austin's Exacto blade holder knife thing. I don't know what to call them. Uh he calls it the Hexacto because it's hexagon. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a bunch of great things about this. Uh, mainly, I helped design it. He didn't remember, but I have proof. Um, I, I have the drawings I sent to him, uh, and uh, and then him saying that's a good idea. So all that to say, go check it out. It's great because it's a hexagon, so it doesn't roll off the desk. Which if you've ever been using uh, an Exacto and it rolls away from you. You'll appreciate this. Because it's a hexagon, you can put it down and use it to scribe a line at a certain distance. Uh, and if you wanted a higher distance, you stack it on top of stuff. But that's really nice that you can just scribe a line mm-hmm. at, you know, I think it's, I don't know, eighth of an inch or something like that. Uh, you, you'd obviously have to go measure it. Uh, it but the best, the two, two best parts about it, the part I designed, which is the little tool that goes in the back is really cool and you pop it out and it's an Allen key and you put that and the Allen key holds the exacto blade. So on most exacto blades, you like screw in the top and it forces it closed. And then you, while you're using it, you unscrew it and then your blade falls out. Mm -hmm. This one has a little tiny Allen key with a little uh, set screw in there and it holds it. Like you, there's nothing you can do to make it come out. It's, it's a million times better design. They're currently on pre-sale right now. Uh, I think they're about $100 American. There's some mm-hmm. options you can get. He's currently maybe working on another uh, couple different options. Uh, we'll see if they come out. And I'm really excited for it. And then go ahead. Do they, do they use a generic blade? Because yes, I've tried to buy stuff off him before and I can't because of like our border security and stuff. But if he can send it to me without the blade, I 
yeah, he sent me mine without the blade, which is only frustrating because all of my blades. So I bought a hundred blades when I was in high school, and then I like some water dripped on them, and oh, so that's the worst. So like they all like rust, but not on the blade part, just on the backs of them. Yeah. So I don't really care. Like I still use them, but I can't like take really nice pictures of ugly. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, of Austin's beautiful thing with a rusty blade on the end. Uh, so I haven't got great pictures, but. He definitely he sent me one without the blade in it. So and it it's also not gun related. So yeah, because I went to buy ship. some pens off him and I and I couldn't get them because they're bullets. He said he's had trouble in the past. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're not bullets; they're shells. Well, yeah. Uh, all that to say, you know what? I'll save the other one for next week. Then I don't have to. I don't have to do anything next week. Go, Jesse. <laughs> okay, so for this week. Um, I found a new person on social media that I am obsessed with. Uh, her name is Mercury Stardust, and she goes by the Trans Handyman, which I think is the best name I've ever heard. Um, she oh, has yeah. 16 years of experience. She's fantastic. She just is so lovely. And I have just been watching her videos way too much, <laughs> like while I'm supposed to be working and stuff. So yeah, I would say definitely check her out. She sell, like she doesn't sell, I meant to say she shares a lot of sort of safety tips for renters or when you're traveling. Um, yeah, I really, really love her and everything she does. So I think everybody should go check her out. This is, uh, I, I used to see her on TikTok before I deleted mm-hmm. the app and there were some really uh, good posts informed mm-hmm. of yeah, super any, informative like, and yeah. explaining things in a really great way and telling people like you're not dumb because you don't know how to do this. You just haven't had a chance to learn yet. And I that's a a lovely sentiment. Yeah. Good one. She looks really familiar, right. but I also feel like I've never seen her before in my life. <laughs> yeah, I I had never seen her before this week, I think. Um and I, yeah, I found her through Instagram and then saw that she had a huge TikTok. So I need to follow mm-hmm. her on TikTok too. Yes. Well, now we're getting to the most exciting part, the new Ask Us Anything. And our first uh, question we got in, we so we posted up on our Instagram. We're going to have a story highlight that if you ever want to go in there and ask us anything, you can go to the story highlight and reply to it. But we had a little poll up there and we got a bunch of ask us anything. And there was a lot of good ones in there. Mm-hmm. But we're going to start off with, I think one of the, the very first ones was from uh, DW wood builds. And it is what, what is the scariest tool? My scariest tool. It, it's funny because it's also my favorite tool I've discovered recently is a router. I hate Hate spit the spinning blade, but I also love to use a router. Yeah. So I would. I I'm just gonna. I'll jump in because mine's the same. The router is the scariest tool in my shop. It is the only one that I have like puckered my ass <laughs> cheeks together yep. before getting next to. Especially <laughs> like the little trim router, I don't find is like scary and daunting. But I got like a big. Yeah. Big router, like, and I've got one. It's a big handheld router. I like go. Oh god, this is shit. Like, it's when you go, flick that switch the first me. time and it has yeah. that little jolt. Yeah, when it starts spinning, it's terrifying. Yeah, 
And then I got one mounted in a table that's like clamped to my desk because it's like it's it's a little scary. I need to get a better router table, and I think it would be a less less scary. But the only time I have felt like I should have not done that, and I've been kicked with kickback a bunch of times on the table saw, and I went, yeah, whatever. Right? I even had like a big like paintball welt, you know, similar to a paintball uh, on my like stomach from a kickback and oh, I went, ah, whatever. God. That was me being stupid. The router is the only time something is literally took what I was holding, threw it across the room before I could even think. Yep. And I just went, this is fucking crazy. Um, the router is the scariest. W- what about you, or Jesse? You forget which okay. way you're meant to go. And then you go. Yeah, that's, what, across the- <laughs> that's exactly what happened. <laughs> uh, so for me, I'm kind of going really random with this, but an auger is the scariest tool to me. And it wasn't for many years because I grew up in Kentucky and the ground is pretty easy. There's not a lot of rocks. There's not a lot of scary Mm -hmm. stuff. But when I moved out here to Colorado, yeah, the ground is so rocky and it's a totally different thing. Um, And I was going to buy an auger to set some fence posts. Um, and I was talking actually to Seamster, uh, Sam on Instructables about it. And he basically told me that I should never, ever, ever use one on the ground here because of how dangerous it is. And then I went down a rabbit hole and found people getting like their arms partially detached and all sorts of like horrific injuries from an auger. So I have reconsidered buying one and will not be now. So I don't I, I haven't used one because instead of doing that I decided there was too many rocks and just uh, dug the post hole. I was only doing like two post holes, so I dug mm-hmm. it by hand. That's what like we did. Like, oh my god, that's so for I will I don't think I'll ever do it again. Oh yeah, ever. it took fucking forever. It was awful. Yeah. And like we both had blisters on our hands, but we got it done. It just took forever. Yeah. Well that's I often think about like redoing my driveway. I'm like, I could get like a a bobcat in here and it would be done in like 15 minutes, all the work I need to do. And then I get a dump truck in here and like dump all the gravel I need in another 15 minutes. Like I could have a new drive or I could do it all by hand and I could do it over the course of a month and I could just like die of a heart attack. Which one do you think I'm probably never going to do? <laughs> but I want a bobcat. That's a tool that I want. Oh my god, I'm yeah, so I'm jealous too. of all my neighbors. We'll just go borrow them. I don't know them well enough because I'm a weirdo. So, so you go up to them and you say, hey, can I borrow some sugar? And they say, oh, no problem. And then like two weeks later, like, hey, can I borrow your bobcat? Because you guys are so nice. <laughs> oh no, the, is, in between that just, week, you bring them like a bottle of wine to say thank you. Is it just normal for your neighbors to all have bobcats? Yes. Well, because where I live, we have so much snow and a lot of people have agricultural property where they're constantly like moving stuff around. So yeah, everybody has one but us, I think. That's so weird. Yeah. But I don't have one. Well, I want to thank TF Turning for the theme song. Uh, It's recently updated and we will continue updating it because because he keeps 
being nice and doing a little work for us for free. So go check them out on uh, Instagram and YouTube. And uh, yeah, if you're interested in following us, you can uh, find me at the Grand Alexander. You can find Adam at Maker Mackey and somewhere on Twitch that he won't tell anyone about. Anyone, <laughs> if you're a, if you're a Patreon, you know. Yeah, and you can find Jesse at Jesse Ratfink and also all the other places that she manages. Um, anyways, until next time, cheers. Have a great day. Have a nice day. Bye. I'm going to go get a beer.